minutes before the hour. You are listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. It's Thursday, September 10th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. One complaint often heard about people on the front lines of protests for social justice and police reform around the country is that they're not willing to work within the system to bring about change. In Sitka, a lifetime resident offered to do exactly that by filling a vacancy in the local police and fire commission. A majority of the Sitka Assembly, however, thought his social media activity disqualified him for the volunteer service. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The Sitka Assembly had no qualms about appointing Ben Huey to the Parks and Recreation Committee, voting quickly and unanimously to approve his appointment. But what about a seat on the Police and Fire Commission, too? Not so fast. Local police union rep David Nelson voiced his opposition. I was researching Mr. Huey and I researched some of his social media posts and some of them definitely appear to be anti-police or proactively wanting to do things like defund the police. It would appear that someone is coming on board this commission with perhaps some type of pre-ascribed agenda, and I am concerned about that. Huey was born in Sitka. He has a master's degree in public administration and until recently was living in Seattle. Huey has been outspoken on social media about major police reforms, including language around defunding and abolition. But he doesn't necessarily think it's a one-size-fits-all situation. In the context of Sitka, I don't know what the best solution is, and I don't necessarily believe that abolition is exactly what we need. Um, I think what we need is an open discussion from different perspectives on paths forward. In July, Huey attended a protest in Seattle where demonstrators were calling for the city to be held accountable for its history of police violence. Huey says it was peaceful until officers charged his group and deployed chemical agents. When I was charged by police officers, pepper sprayed in the face, tackled to the ground, and arrested, I was released on a failure to disperse. Um, And uh, it certainly was an educational experience. The process of being booked into jail, put into prison jumpers, and put in a holding cell with inadequate facilities that was overflowing was a dehumanizing process. Huey's arrest was caught on film and shared on social media. Weeks later, Huey moved back to Sitka, and that's when he decided to apply for the vacant police commission seat. He says that's not because he's interested in revenge. He sees service on a commission as a way to learn and collaborate. But he does think the commission could have more oversight. The current police and fire commission is largely to my understanding, a toothless entity, having spoken with commissioners who had concerns. I see that uh, the bulk of their work appears to be reviewing parking citations, and they don't engage in a substantial manner on the controversy of the department um, in analyzing trends of uh, police statistics related to stops, uh, related to use of force or demographics of police encounters. I think that there's a lot more information that the community should have about their police force. But some assembly members were skeptical of his motives. The assembly took its discussion of Huey's commission application into executive session. Huey says the majority of the conversation behind closed doors involved assembly members asking him about his social media posts, though no members referenced his arrest in Seattle, and it's unclear if they were aware of it. When they returned, they asked Huey a handful of questions in public, all relating to his views on policing. I have made posts on social media 
uh, regarding the police. I do believe that there are opportunities to lessen the load that we put on our police officers in responding to an immense variety of community problems. And I do believe that we should investigate alternatives for community investment um, in um, for mental illness and domestic violence and a variety of other services that our police currently have to fulfill. Um, I do have beliefs that I put up on social media that are untested. And as assembly members have pointed out, a great way to test those beliefs is to try to put the, um, the work in. Some assembly members defended Huey's potential appointment. Member Steven Eisenbeis reiterated that the commission is just an advisory commission and any appointment wouldn't be able to generate policy or make big changes on a commission with just a handful of seats. And Kevin Knox said he felt Huey was a good fit for the commission. I think we're painting him as a radical in such a way that we're also asking people to not paint all police in that same light. But member Richard Ween said it wasn't the right time or the right place for Huey's views, considering the department's recent history of legal settlements and allegations of abuse that it's been trying to shake. A member of the public, Tori O'Connell Curran, disagreed. She said the Assembly's decision to reject a commission applicant because of a difference of opinion was not embracing the whole community. You should want diversity of opinion on the commission so it actually represents the whole community. Regarding Mr. Huey, Sitka appropriate people, Dr. Ween, a young person who grew up here that wants to work within the system, even when they disagree with that system, is a voice you need. The Assembly ultimately failed to appoint Huey to a three-year term on the Police and Fire Commission with members Mosher, Nelson, Ween, and Paxton voting against the appointment. Although Huey won't be sitting on that commission, he may have nudged it in a direction that could be more proactive in the future. He told KCAW Sitka Police Chief Robert Beatty approached him after the meeting and the two planned to continue the discussion. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Juneau emergency management officials say they're considering escalating the community's risk status and restrictions with it following a new cluster of COVID-19 cases. They say bars and bar-like settings are particularly concerning. Emergency planning section chief Robert Barr recommends everyone who has been in any Juneau bar between August 24th and September 7th get tested, even if they don't have symptoms. A number of uh, these cases over the past 14 days tie back to specifically to a large social gathering that included guests at that gathering who work in bars. So the bars have been contacted, a number of them had voluntarily closed to get their staff tested um, and cleared to return to work. At this time, as of today, thankfully, there hasn't been any identified spread to patrons of bars. Devil's Club Brewing Company, The Triangle, and The Narrows all recently announced temporary closures after employees tested positive or were in close contact with someone who tested positive. City Manager Rory Watt got a little more specific about the gathering. He says they think one person with COVID-19 but without symptoms was at the gathering where people weren't wearing masks, which led to nine cases. We would like to get to a point where schools are an option, where not restricting businesses are an option. And if we have people in the community that are having large social gatherings, uh, whatever kind of gathering that is, and they're indoors and they're not wearing masks, um, I, I don't know how to be any more blunt than to say that they are putting the well-being of the community at peril. 
Watts says emergency officials are scrambling as they consider their next move. He says they're a lot closer to closing bars and further restricting businesses and gatherings than they were Sunday, though the voluntary closures helped relieve some pressure. One number Robert Barr tracks to inform that decision is the positivity rate. That's the percentage of tests that come up positive over the last seven days, and it's been trending up. On Tuesday, it was a little over 2 percent. Barr says a lower positivity rate indicates there's enough testing to detect the disease in the community. There are a lot of downsides to the kind of heavy, prolonged rainfall that has blanketed southeast Alaska this year. It can flood rivers and streams, saturating the ground and leading to mudslides. A rainy summer season can also affect the mood and mental health of people living here. But the rain does have benefits. KTOO's Matt Miller has a few examples. During the dry conditions and drought of 2018 and 2019, hydroelectric projects around the Panhandle suffered from low water levels. Trey Atkinson is CEO of the Southeast Alaska Power Agency, which runs hydroelectric projects that supply electricity to Petersburg, Wrangell, and Ketchikan. Atkinson says those communities had to fire up more expensive diesel generators in order to fill their electricity needs then. He says Ketchikan even had to lease extra portable generators. It was an anomaly. Hopefully we don't have to deal with that again, but unfortunately it did impact rates too. Meaning more expensive utility bills. This year is different. He says he can count the number of warm, sunshiny days in Ketchikan on one hand. Been a pretty miserable summer. But if you're in the hydro business, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it was been a great year. <laughs> Atkinson says their reservoirs filled up July 24th, and he expects they have enough water stored up to supply electricity well into fall and winter. And then there's the salmon. Gotta have water. That's uh, critical. Aaron Dupuy, a Sitka-based commercial fisheries biologist, remembers previous summers. Salmon streams literally dried up right in the middle because the snowpack was so poor and so little rainfill. In that case, salmon can't get far enough upstream to spawn. Even if there is a little water, the eggs might not last long. Without adequate stream flow, they could not get enough oxygen. Or if there's not any, they dry out and they don't survive too long without any water. It's not just the eggs. It's the same for the little fry on up to old spawners. Some of those days, you know, it was 80 degrees out. You look down at it, like, man, that water's got to be really hot. And salmon don't do well in hot water. Dupuis says this summer there was plenty of cooler water in salmon streams. Communities all over the Panhandle registered historic levels or set new records for rainfall during June, July, and August. For example, in downtown Juneau, it was the wettest summer in 59 years with more than 34 inches of rain. And when it comes to number of days of measurable rain, Rick Fritch of the National Weather Service says it was nearly double last summer. Fritch says the big difference this year was the jet stream, or a super-fast river of air high up in the atmosphere, had moved back down south of Alaska. So, if you want a clue about whether it'll be another dreary, wet summer next year, or if your electricity bills will be higher, then just look where the jet stream is next spring. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Matt Miller. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is more-